The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults. Miss Jen Marr is a focus missionary. There was one particular night that I just did not have a good night with my friends. And the next morning I woke up and I was praying and I read in John 13, 34, which is love one another as I have loved you. This is my new commandment. And Jesus says that to his apostles. It was just that moment where I realized, okay, something has to be different. Something in my life must change. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we interview different guests detailing different parts of young adult life, whether it be finances, relationships, or growing in the faith. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee, graduated from Belmont last year. Uh, We're also co-hosted by Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic here in Nashville. Uh, This week, we have a very special guest. Ms. Jen Marr is a focused missionary with University Catholic, and she's here today to talk about her work uh, and her life. So, Jen, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself for people who don't know who you are. Uh, where are you from and what brought you to where you are in Nashville today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Jen. I, um, am originally from Lenexa, Kansas, which is right outside of Kansas city. And I went to the university of Kansas where I got my degree in psychology. Yeah. Um, and I graduated there in May, 2018, but while I was in college, I experienced a big conversion um, through the Apostle to Focus. I met a Focus missionary when I was a junior in college, and yeah, she just impacted my life. She was very normal and cool, and I didn't know that Catholics could be normal and cool. So I started yeah. hanging out with her, um, became friends, and then through her investment and starting to meet Jesus through the sacraments, I decided to apply for Focus, and then um, I went to interview weekend and was hired from there. And after that, found out I was going to be placed at Vanderbilt, which was a big shock to me um, based on how different Vandy and KU are, but <laughs> I have loved it. I'm serving in my third year here in Nashville, and well, it has been a blessing. That's, well, first of all, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. Um, nobody knows that. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> big basketball fan. Anyways, okay, second of all, tell us, where, where were you in college? It's such a big conversion. You said, I was reading... Uh, as I was telling you earlier, they have great stories about you on, on the Focus website. You said you had a conversion. What was it like for you in college, or how, how was the faith for you there? Was it something that you saw as an option, or did you try to keep it a priority in life? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say when I first got to college, I always knew that the faith was important, and I knew that um, it was something that I liked doing. I liked going to Mass on Sundays, and I liked being able to say that I was Catholic, but... 
I was definitely not living in a personal relationship with Jesus. I didn't even know that that was possible. And so when I was a junior in college, I um, started joining, a, I was part of a Bible, uh, word, sorry, I was part of a Bible study. And then um, through that, just started getting more involved in the Catholic Center. And that's when it became more of a priority rather than an option. Um, but before then, I was definitely falling to the normal um, woes of a college experience. And so what would you say, was there a certain turning point that made you like fall in love with the faith or uh, on your journey? Was it one specific moment you can think of, or was it just a collection of repeatedly, uh, just like you said, receiving the sacraments or going to mass? Yeah. I, so when I was a junior, I was, um, was living in my sorority at the time and I was living with a mixture of women. So I was living in a six person room and that was like the size of a shoebox, And there were some girls who, <laughs> Um, they were all living very different lifestyles and a couple of the girls were, I remember they would pray every single morning. They would pull their Bibles out and that's the first thing they would do was pray with scripture. And I always was like, I don't really get how you're doing that, but it's cool that you do that every morning. And so Mm -hmm. I, um, had asked my missionary about it and she gave me this little prayer, like a 31 day prayer challenge basically. And Mm -hmm. I started that in October and did not finish it until December. But I was definitely living a double life that semester. I was trying to do the whole Jesus thing, but then also um, do, yeah, fall to the normal college temptations as well at the same time. And I remember there was one particular night that I just did not have a good night with my friends. And the next morning I woke up and I was praying and I read in John 13, 34, which is love one another as I have loved you. This is my new commandment. And Jesus says that to his apostles. And even in that moment, I was not well-formed in prayer. And I didn't know that I could even hear Jesus personally. But I remember thinking to myself, I can't love another person because I do not know that I am loved. And yeah, it was really beautiful. And it was just that moment where I realized, okay, something has to be different. Something in my life must change because I, I am an empty cup. And I'm trying to give from an empty cup and nobody... I'm not worthy of that. And nobody around me is worthy of that as well. I agree with you there. Like on doing the whole uh, Jesus thing, as you say, like it feels like it's uh, there's a point in life where it, can, it feels like it can be separate from your daily life. Like, yeah, I'll go to church on Sundays and maybe I'll say like, thank you before I go to bed at night. Um, but the other about you're like, all right, but from nine to like eight, five o'clock, it's, it's my time. I get to do my own thing. I think that's how almost all college students or any young adult feels. Um, and then when you talk about praying, like you said, when you watch them pray in the morning, I thought the same thing. And most people think that, think that way too is, first of all, how do I pray? Like, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to be talking? And then, first of all, am I supposed to hear something? Is, is this like an angel coming down? Um, but there's such beautiful prayers in the faith. Uh, Father, what are your thoughts on that as far as like just pushing forward, I guess, uh, when it gets tough and, and, and being intentional? as far as like making a, a prayer routine and making it a daily choice, like you said, with the 31 day, <laughs> but yeah. it really is a daily thing though. Yeah. I think I was talking about that in the homily yesterday that, you know, sometimes we have prayer life as something that we do you have like, you know, this long land release or, you know, this to do list that I have to do, Oh, I have to pray for this person. I have to pray for this person. And I think that, you know, as more as I learned, prayer is about a relationship. 
You know, it's just like when I said that before. It's like you have this best friend of yours, and then you spend like three, four hours with that person. And then on your way home, you for, you remember something that you forgot to tell that person. And then you call that person, and then you spend three more hours on the phone with that person. And it's not like, you know, like you always have something else to say. You want to be with that person. Hmm. And I think if we understand prayer as a relationship, I think it will help us. It's not something that I have to go and do. It's something that I have to be. You know, I decide to be with Jesus. I decide to waste my time with Jesus. And it's not about doing this or that. It's about being there. And I think that's why it's really important, you know, when you if you have the opportunity to go to visit the Blessed Sacrament. Because you're, you know, in the church, even if there is not, uh, you know, necessary, if there is not uh, exposition, if the Blessed Sacrament not, is not exposed. But, you know, in any Catholic church, Jesus is present in the tabernacle. So find where it is. Because some churches, we really have to try to find hard. We can't, you know, like... Sometimes they put Jesus on the side or on the back, whatever. <laughs> but try to find whatever he is and be there with him. Spend time with him. Because I think it's, you know, like, ah, you know, I can't pray any, any. Yes, you can pray anywhere. But when you go to a church, and probably you're going to be like, you know, better dra- you know, dress or whatever. So you're going to prepare yourselves to be there. So um, I agree with you there. I think that's like uh, d- the word just be is, is, is pretty powerful because, um, that's, that's the way I felt for the longest time was that prayer, something you had to do, like all those pamphlets of things you have to list off. Uh, I think the rosary can be confusing for a lot of people. Um, and then not only that, but then it gets, you just start saying the words faster and faster and you're just mumbling it until saying, okay, I'm done. I did it. Uh, but like you were saying, just being in the presence of, of adoration. When it, when I, sacrament. Yeah. One of the experiences that I had, I was in this, in this, uh, this congress uh and it was like 12,000 people in this in this uh gymnasium this you know this stadium and i remember this capuchin priest we having adoration and then he you know he placed the black sacrament in the middle of this whole big stadium with 12,000 people you know in silence and he just said this jesus i'm here love me and then he spent about 30 minutes just saying this, Jesus, I'm here, love me. And you know, it's not about doing anything. It's just like, I understand that you're here and I'm here, love me. Or on the World Youth Day in Copacabana, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, when the Pope you know, was there and we had 4 million people by the, by the ocean and just there with the blessed sacrament, everybody in silence. And, you know, it was like miles and miles away. We only could see the Blessed Sacrament through the, you know, the big jumbotrons. But it was like an amazing experience. We were there. We were quiet. And we acknowledged the presence of God. And, you know, it's pretty cool because that's all we have to, you know, is to be there. Jesus will do the hard work that has changed our hearts. But if we are not there, it's a little bit harder to, you know, allowed that to happen uh, that powerful sentence jesus i am here love me is like something we can take with us uh anywhere and even just like, like you said stopping in for, for five minutes or ten minutes to any chapel and just taking that time uh jen if i may ask how is like adoration or just being in, in front of the sacrament how has that impacted your life uh in college or especially as a, as a focused missionary right now yeah the blessed sacrament has changed my life i remember reading 
this during my second year, I read a book called Insinu Yezu, and it is a priest at prayer. So it's a Benedict a Benedictine monk's um, prayer journal from several years, and Jesus says to him at one part of the book, and he said, and he looks to him, and he says. Anytime that you're in front of the Blessed Sacrament, it's not possible to walk out of the church as the same person as you walked in. And I remember that has just stuck with me for so long because I think that's true. Anytime we look at Jesus face-to-face in the Eucharist, our life changes even if it's just a little bit. And the last thing I'll say about it, but I've been reading The Power of Silence, and there's this part of it where um, Cardinal Seurat talks about Mother Teresa's face was charred by being in front of the blessed sacrament every single day (laughs) and she did not look the same because she spent time in front of jesus every day and that has just been blowing my mind lately to think about how she just genuinely looked different because she gazed at jesus every single day and if i can even have that just a fraction of the intimacy that mother Teresa had with jesus then Yeah, that'll be enough for my life. Yeah, even okay. when reporters would come to talk to her, you know, they would say, "It's like, yeah, you can come see me." And then, you know, they woke up. She would wake them up at about three or four o'clock in the morning. It's like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "That's how my day started. Let's go." You know, take them <laughs> to the chapel. Thanks be to God, we focus in with you, Kat. We don't wake up at four in the morning to do adoration, but we have the opportunity to have that every morning. So that's how we start our day. Well, Jen, we had your uh, your other team director from Belmont, a great guy. Well, Alan McGinn, just um, tell <laughs> us, for those uh, who, who don't know what, what Focus is, t- tell us exactly just briefly what Focus is and uh, what drew you to it and how, how you've seen uh, your work there, uh, how you felt called to that, that vocation in life. Yes, so Focus stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and it is a... Um, college outreach apostolate so really but it what it is doing it is helping students be prepared for lifelong mission and it is a time when college students are changing the most they are finding out who they are coming into their own identities and that's really some of the most transformative times in their life they are choosing friends that they may have for the rest of their life and picking how they want to live for the rest of their life and that's kind of where focus comes in that we have the opportunity to form students to befriend them, to walk with them in everything that they do, and invite them into a relationship with Jesus, and show them how to invite others into that relationship as well. Um, do, you, do you see, like, concretely, concretely the ways that you're having an impact on college students that are, you know, maybe all the way up at the top of their faith, or those that are kind of struggling with it? But are you seeing those relationships develop just every day, I'm sure? Absolutely. I have been extremely blessed in my placement and being the Lord has done great things by placing me here. Um, I A big part of my story is I was in a sorority in college and mm-hmm. that Greek life in and of itself is a very dark place. It is a place where there's a lot of sin and mm. a lot of darkness happening there. But the beautiful part of it is that it is community and it catches like wildfire when people find the truth. And that's how I found it as well. There were multiple of us that the missionary um, was inviting into Bible study at the time. And that's what I've seen here at Vanderbilt is that whether it be a woman who has never even heard of the Catholic church or a mm-hmm. woman who grew up Catholic and knows everything about the Catholic church, they all desire to be known and they all desire to be loved and cared for and 
it's just cool and really beautiful to see them all be able to come together in a community like a Bible study and love one another, to walk with one another, and to grow together. Because we all have different stories. We all have different paths to holiness, but the Lord brings us together so intricately for a reason. I think that we all deal with that that wall in a sense of that we have a desire to be loved and to be cared for. Um, Father, what are your thoughts on how we can like better live that out? And like, as people that are meant to be loved and to be, to be in community, the bottom line, I'm sure with your priests too. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what Jen said on that passage of John, you know, loving one another, but it's not only like that, the way that I love you. You know, and I mean, Jesus put that bar really, really tall there, you know, really up there because we are called to love one another, not just how I know how to love, but we are called to love one another the way that God loves us. You know, the same way like, you know, all those, a lot of weddings we see, you know, that we hear that reading, you know, husbands, you know, love your, your, your wife and you know, wives love your husbands and all that stuff. But then it's like, the, the, the really hard one is like, husbands, love your life, love your wife the way that the Lord loved the church. You know, so like, Jesus is always putting the, the, the bar like up there. We always gonna, he's always gonna invite us not only love the way the word love you, but the way that I love you. And I think that's true, you know, people are oh. looking for to be known and to be loved. And that's, you know, that's why sometimes relationships and the word is, are so crazy. Because, you know, when we, first of all, I don't know if you know what love is anymore. Hmm. It's so, it's like so crumble and so, we, we don't really know what the definition of love is anymore. You know, that's, I think, why we have so much confusion in the world. The same love that, you know, Jesus gave to us the love on the cross that gave everything. And that's the love that we are looking for. Because until we find that love, nothing else is going to fulfill us. Hmm. Until we find that love that can change our lives forever. Nothing, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, you can love your dog. You know, you can love your car. <laughs> you can love whatever. But it's not the love that God is talking to us. Is that deeper understanding that we are called to do? That's uh, the most beautiful imagery I've heard as far as like when people wonder what, what love is and what am I supposed to look up to as a model for it, but was especially in the relationship of marriage is to love uh, as Christ loved his church. And the most beautiful analogy I ever heard, property love some woman, love someone uh, to look at a crucifix, to really die to yourself every day. Our, our priest at Our Lady of the Lake uh, had a beautiful homily, but just about love uh, being a choice. Uh, he gave the um, illusion of, of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, and so, had, yeah, maybe there was Romeo and Juliet there, but maybe there's another girl in town, uh, Rosa. And what if she's pretty and she's beautiful too, uh, but Juliet's over there. Uh, from Romeo's perspective was, I choose to love Juliet. Uh, that's a choice. I make every day. Just a beautiful analogy of, of what that's like. Um, we could have a whole show on love probably and what that means. Jen, if I may ask, what, what are your thoughts um, just on where you're headed uh, in the future? I think that's, that's the biggest question, uh, especially every college qu- student gets, well, what are you doing? Where are you going to live? 
um because we had a beautiful guest come on a couple weeks ago just basically hinting at uh what you do doesn't define who you are where do you see yourself taking things day at a time uh continuing with with focus you hope or, or being in tennessee yeah i'm not really sure yet i could see myself going either way um either staying with focus or doing something different. I don't know what the Lord has in store for me, but I know I want to do big things for his kingdom. So, mm. so you, are you saying that you don't have everything figured out? No, I Come don't. Come on, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, these are the questions that the college students, it's, this, is what, this is what keeps them up at night. And then oh, totally. people, people, people out of school too. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I'm like even providing counsel there. I think the, I was actually talking with a woman last week about this and she was just getting really stressed out. I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. I don't know what's going to happen post-grad. And that's the world that we live in right now is that she's a junior. So she doesn't even need to know what she will be doing after graduation yet. But the schools and their counselors and administration is pumping into them. You must know what's next. You must know what you're doing. And I think that part of it is learning to ask that question when it's the right time. Um, and to surrender it until that moment, because oftentimes the Lord will take care of, I mean, he always takes care of us. It's not oftentimes, but he will answer that question when he's ready. And Mm -hmm. most of the time, I think we just ask the wrong question and at the wrong time, but just learning to discern in that way. And I think the other thing is like, we don't need to know everything, you know, it's just like, what is the next step? What is God calling me to be on the next step? And I think we see that a lot on discernment. It's like, oh, God has called me to be a priest. Okay, awesome. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be a priest. What is the next step? The next step is going to the seminary, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you willing to do this? Yes. Okay. So do the next step. And by entering the seminary, it doesn't mean that you're going to become a priest. That means that you are in your discernment in a place that you can say, this is the next step. And then you do the next step. And then you reevaluate after, you know, and, and that's it. It's like, what is the next step? The Lord is calling me for this, you know, like this girl, she's a junior. Okay. It's not until two years from now or whatnot. So what is the next? Well, God is calling you to be faithful right now. Go to mass, pray every day, do like all the basic stuff, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, you know, put deodorant on. And I think sometimes we kind of forget those little you know, step-by-step step things, and it's like, I'm lost. Like, okay, so what can you change? What are those things in your life that you can control? Oh, I can control this. Okay, control that. The things yeah. that you can't, you know, nobody can control COVID, you know? Okay, yeah. so move on. What can you control? That's the beauty of, like, discerning, I think, is, um, yeah, just actually doing something about it and not just letting it sit in your head. Uh, I think that good uh, speaker, Jason Everett, gives a great analogy of, uh, well, was it an apple or is it an orange seed? I don't know which one is it. He said, well, you got to plant it in the ground and find out which one it is first and go with it. That I guess it goes mm-hmm. like with, with relationships uh, or discerning wherever you're called to in life. Um, and then seeking wisdom from others too, not just your friends, but people that are older than you that have been in your shoes. Uh, that's my favorite question to ask is what were people when they were my age? And you see how much it changes uh, too. Uh, but but that you don't have to have it figured out. I think that's what <laughs> the problem is. Like you were saying, is that they when they're a junior in college, they have to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Um, uh, Jen, what are your final thoughts on just I guess just, just staying faithful when when thoughts run through your head, or and just better practicing the faith 
making it a habit, making it a priority in life. Yeah, I think making a schedule that is doable and possible for you to follow is so important. Um, I think so often I see students and even young adults who are like, I'm going to pray two holy hours every single day and go to mass twice a day and do all these insane things. <laughs> it's like, whoa, let's just start with a schedule that you can actually do. Is that praying for 30 minutes a day? Is that praying for an hour a day? And just remembering that as we pray more, the Lord will entice us to pray more because it's, yeah, it's like a drug. You just can't get enough of it once you start. That's what I would tell anybody is just start with something small and doable. And those are victories when you're able to do that for six, eight weeks and then increase from there. Um, Father, yeah. What, yeah. What are some practical steps we can take, Father, just like to... Yeah, I think that one of the things that anytime I'm talking to anybody about goals, it has to be three things. Mm -hmm. It has to be challenging, it has to be concrete, and it has to be achievable. Mm -hmm. You know, like Jen was saying, if you never pray in your life, you come to me and you say, I'm going to pray for five hours. I'm going to say, no, you're not. You know, it has to be concrete. How are you going to pray? What are you going to do in that prayer time? Especially in the beginning, you know, oh, I'm going to read the gospel. I'm going, okay, good. For how long? Well, for 30 minutes. Okay, is that doable? Yeah, so, you know, it has to be concrete, it has to be challenging, and it has to be uh, achievable. Those are the three things that you really have to, you know, look on. Whatever, I think if you, if you take those three things, whatever we do in life, you know, I think be, it will be good. Is this concrete? Yes, this is how I'm going to pray. This is what I'm going to use to pray. I'm going to read the gospel. I'm going to do Lexa Divina. I'm going to do, okay, concrete, awesome. Is this challenging? Well, if you tell me that you're going to do this in two minutes, like, okay, that's better than none, but is that something that is going to challenge you? Probably mm -hmm. two minutes, not. But if you're going to go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like, yeah, that is going to be challenging. And at the same time, is that achievable? You know, can I do this on my schedule? If you're taking 20 credits hours and you doing this and you work part-time, I mean, it's not possible, you know? You just have to make sure that you allow yourself to say, this is what I can do. So I guess that's the prudence of it. It's like finding the right thing to do at the right time, uh, saying, you know, I'm gonna make it something like that's manageable and not just overwhelm myself. Uh, to the point where you have so many options uh, that you end up doing nothing at all. Um, like you yeah. said, two, two minutes. So. Yeah, and a, and a lot of times, like, you you know, I see so many times that people who want to do everything to everybody end up being nothing, you know. Slow down. Come, mm. come down. Okay, so choose wisely, you know. You can't mm. do everything. One of the things that Bishop Joby would always say to us and say, you know what, the Word has a Savior, and it you. <laughs> you know but it is true you know like it's, you are not you know sometimes I you know I'm at, at Frasati house like 11.30 midnight and I was like you know Lord this is your problem I'm gonna go to sleep because I have to wake up tomorrow morning and start this again you know I think it was uh, either Paul the Sixth or Saint uh, John the 23rd who said that Lord I'm gonna sleep take care of your church this is your problem you know but I think that's what you have to do, you know. We, yeah, we, a lot of times we have that syndrome. We want to be the Savior. It's not us. And I think for us, and I think Jen can tell us, you know, it's not us. We propose Jesus Christ. We we, we, we point to Jesus. The person, I mean, we're going to walk with them, but the person has to decide. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you know, so many times, like, I, I wish I can do this for you, but I can't. You have to be the one to 
decide to do this. That's your choice. And that's kind of a hard thing to do. That's a nice wake-up call that <laughs> there's a savior <laughs> in an AU. Um, well, Jen, just I'm, I'm making that daily choice. Thank you for being here today and for, for all your thoughts uh, and your wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Uh, special thank you to Father Javon as well. And thank you to all in our listening audience. Uh, we hope what you heard today was just uh, applicable to your daily life, uh, to, to making a, a prayer routine, making it something manageable and, and concrete, and, and just be, be intentional with it. Um, but there's a Savior in it, and it ain't you, like you said. Um, but just, just to enjoy the, the beauty of life, uh, of communication, of, of community with, with friends, and just the beauty of prayer. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. Remember, you can always tune in at 100.5 FM on WBOU.org or with your smart speaker by saying, play Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Mm-hmm.